Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today, I will be shoveling your snow for those along the eastern shoreboard. It's hitting, my friends. It's hitting. The biggest storm in the history of all the world. All the reporters are doing their live shots from in the wind. (laughs) This is where the reporters are earning their money. Yeah, they true. have to go stand and collect three inches of snow every hour. It's a big storm hitting the east. I'm sure if you are in any way, shape, or form involved in that, you, uh, you're you starting to get a little nervous. Because they keep saying, this is the biggest. This is the worst it's ever been. It could be huge, catastrophic. You know, and then sometimes they say that and then, wah, 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 nothing happens. But then sometimes, boom, you get mm-hmm. hit. You can't mess around with it. You can't mess but, around. And you know, all the officials that are coming out and talking, I mean, you've got you've got governors, yeah. you've got mayors, yeah. all sorts of major Cuomo's, cities. Christie's. Exactly. They're all on it. They're all over it. And they're saying, hey, you know, it, it's better for them to warn you, though, yeah. than, to, than to just say, okay, I hope you, I hope you can make it. Yeah. Hang on, everybody. Yeah. Keep your hands in. It's better to say, hey, watch out. This could be happening. Well, and especially when the data adds up. I mean, oh, yeah, this is this is big. They've already canceled 6000 flights across the country. Delta Airlines, it's reported, has already canceled 1600 flights. One airline, 1600 flights. But you're also talking major cities, right? Uh, Oh, yeah. Philadelphia, mm -hmm. Boston, New York. You got two airports there. Yeah. Yeah, Newark is probably also uh, yeah. It's big time, so you know, just if you're if you are in that area, I guess anywhere from pretty much Maryland to Canada mm-hmm. on the eastern and, shoreboard. But something else to think about: why are there so many flights canceled? Well, you have to think about this because your flight may originate in New York, right? But if it ain't leaving New York, your flight, you know, you're not going to pick the, it up in South Carolina. Yeah, the plane might be going to say Phoenix. That's right. But if the plane isn't in Phoenix, it can't leave from Phoenix to wherever it was going yeah. next. Yeah. And it's really weird. because So it affects all sorts of flights. Well, and meanwhile, the rest of the country is just watching. <laughs> yes. And you guys are all living it on the East Coast. It's, it's a really weird situation because well, 56 million people are in the eye of the storm. Oh, I, yeah. So if it really is as bad as it, as it could be, as they're talking about, I mean, we just watch why 56 million people – Basically stay home for two or three days. Well, I know uh, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio is saying that private cars will be banned from the street starting at 11 p.m. man. You know what? So let's say the plows keep going down. Let's say they're gathering three inches uh, every hour. Yeah. Okay. One pass, two passes. Okay. By the second pass, so what is that? Two and a half hours? Yeah. Your car's stuck. No kidding. By the third pass, you're not moving your car for a week. Mm, Nope. Mm Mm-mm. And then it just and then what do you do with all the snow? What is and I also heard that uh, it looks like you're going to have cold temperatures in New York, for example, New York mm-hmm. City and, or Manhattan for the next two weeks. So it's not the snow's not even going to melt. Well, the prediction that I'm seeing here is three feet of snow. Wow, somewhere like Boston, that, that Boston, might be Boston, New York, and that's before it ends on Tuesday. It's, yeah. It should be starting this evening sometime. Right. It could be if you know it's it's already five p.m. Yeah. in New York. Oh, yeah. On the East Coast. Okay, now help me with this one. 
and okay, because you're you like sports. Mm-hmm. I have I have a feeling um, that this has something to do with Deflate Gate. Oh, because it's Boston. Oh, so New York gets hit because of yeah. Deflate Gate too. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm not saying it's just that big a storm. It's just I don't know. It's kind of okay. weird timing. I mean, if it's <laughs> you know, it's not hitting Seattle. It's just hitting the Boston area. Are you making a prediction then? Well, no. Okay. I thought that the the Patriots would be snowed in. But apparently <laughs> no, they left, left this morning, actually. <laughs> they were smart enough to get out <laughs> their, on the early Their flight, flight left already. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It probably doesn't have anything to do with deflate gate, but you never know. And, and so today's topic, by the way, we're going to be talking about anxiety. So yes. this is a situation where you should have a little anxiety. When, you're, mm-hmm. when your governor is telling you, stay home, you don't go out, you don't need if – do, if it's not an emergency, don't go out in those streets – you know, that would probably make you a little nervous. That's, yep. a, that's a healthy anxiety to have right now. Well, there's a lot of people who are having anxiety right now because they're all ha- heading out to the stores. Oh, and that's all sold out. Everything's sold exactly. out. I mean, now what? Now, I mean, all the staples are gone. So now all you're going to be able to eat, now, now you're just going to have to get Twinkies <laughs> and potato chips. Oh, well, my diet's out the window now. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's a big deal. So just know our thoughts are with you. Uh, you know, we, we've had great weather. I, that's it's, what that's what I find hard to believe is is the fact that this huge storm is hitting oh, on the East Coast oh. while we're sitting here and we haven't had snow oh. forever. We have the Sundance Film Festival going on, so we yes. have all of these movie stars in town. Yeah, all the people that came from California yeah. for Sundance, they're it's, they're happy. They're happy. It's nice and nice weather. Yeah, it's in the forties and fifties. But if we had this storm, boy, the money we could make on those slopes, oh. and we could handle it. I know we could move that much mm-hmm. snow. Well, we're we're worried about you uh, on the East Coast. Just know that. The Matt Townsend Show cares about you. But stick with the show. I mean, just, you know, lock yourself in and sit back and relax. And we're going to walk you through some healthier ways to maybe look at anxiety a little bit later in the show. But, Sean, you got some other headlines for us? Well, um, strangely enough, we were talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah. There's a gentleman by the name of Russ Knight. He was very, very happy. Why? Because he was going to go work at the Super Bowl. Well, how great is that? Yeah. I mean, you get to go to Arizona. the Super Bowl and get paid for That's it. That's right. Get a tan, and probably he may have it's lived so up in the cool. East. so cool. I think he was going to be a DJ. Wow. And he was going to be up in one of the press boxes mm-hmm. for, for the big game. Fat and happy. That's right. So he wanted to share that big news. So what he a... puts his credential on, takes his picture, <laughs> puts it up on Facebook. Bam. Busted. NFL calls up. Excuse me. Can you give us that credential back, please? Really? Really. Okay. Hold it. So this dude that was going to go do the radio show... Post his credential, and the NFL are on that in minutes. Yeah. Uh, Deflate Gate. <laughs> it's still going they on. They still can't make a decision on it. I actually, I heard an interview with Brady, uh, uh, Tom, Brady Tom Brady today. Yeah. He has not been questioned yet. Well, you know what Tom ought to do? Put his credentials on Facebook. There you go. You'll get a mm-hmm. call. <laughs> That's crazy. But so yeah, they, no, they, they're actually, not letting in, him in. In the fine print on his credentials, it's, it says something about not taking your picture with your credentials. It's a security risk, uh, and you will be stripped of your credentials if you do it. He did it. Busted. He's gone. Always read the fine print. Please. Especially when you're dealing with the NFL. Because <laughs> you never know what's, what it's going to say in there. Hmm. Now, again, not saying anything, but they, you know, they ought to hire whoever's over credentials. And enforcement of credentials. And put them on inflate gate? Put them on, yeah, inflate or deflate gate, yep. Just, hmm. just throwing it out there. Just a business idea. No, oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they're on it. <laughs> they're on they're it. They're on it. Any other news? Um, well, actually, I do have some tips. What? If you are in this storm, yeah. FEMA has put out some tips. What are the tips? Well, first of all, 
this is something you should do beforehand, but make a family communication plan in case you're separated from your loved ones. That's a great idea. Uh, make sure you keep ventilation to the outdoors clear if you're using heaters inside. Right. Everyone's going to be turning on their heaters. Yes. You've got to have air coming in. Exactly. Put off travel. Yeah. It's, it's just, just hey. it's That includes to work. Yeah. Just this sit is back. any travel. Find yourself a good – hopefully you have a bookcase in your house yeah, no. and you can find a book. Don't get a book. Just listen to our show. Okay. There's, there's that way to do it too. BYU Radio. But if you lose electricity. Crank a generator, a mm-hmm. hand generator. Yep. And listen to our show. Get a battery-powered op- radio or something. Maybe yeah. some extra batteries. There you go. Mm-hmm. Or what are those hand crank Yeah. No, you just things. get your kids to do it. Yeah, exactly. Child labor. I actually have a hand crank radio at home. Do you? Yes. From the old Works days? with a dynamo. No. Oh, okay. Uh, you might want to check your uh, antifreeze if you do have to venture out. Batteries, uh-huh. all things like that. Move your cars off the streets and if you're in New York. If you can. Yeah. Yeah. And stay inside as much as possible. Stay dry. I mean, if you have to go outside, make it a minimal trip. Sure. At all. And again, you know, none of, nothing was greater when I was growing up than snow days. So tomorrow the kids are going to have a snow day. Oh, that's going to be an obvious now, point. It, but it's going to kill a lot of parents that, yes. have to, that think they have to go to work. But, hey, parents. They're not going to be able to get to work. So it's a family snow day. Yeah, there you it's go. It's a free day. Wow. And the only Well, some parents might be experiencing anxiety because they have to watch their kids. And exactly. And you, they, they're not going to make money because that's going, to, that's going to hurt a lot of families. But it's a snow day. And you may be out of power, electricity, so you're, you may be stuck. But maybe just find a way to make it. A more positive event. That's one of the things we wanted to talk about with anxiety is it's anxiety for somebody that suffers it day in and day out. It's a tough thing. And yet, you know that there's four gifts that anxiety can bring your life. We've got a book. Uh, Sherrianna Boyle is going to be joining us. She's the author of the book, The Four Gifts of Anxiety. Embrace the power of your anxiety and transform your life. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back and start talking to Sherrianna Boyle about anxiety and the positive side it does kind of dial you in on some very specific unique gifts that'll impact all of our lives again all of you on the eastern seaboard we are praying for you watching out for you just make it safe stay safe we'll take a break this is the matt townsend show you're listening to us right here on byu radio everybody to the matt townsend show stand my ground i will stand my ground you know um it's hard life is tough and you gotta at some point we gotta stand our ground and we've gotta it's natural to feel this stress and this anxiety that kind of comes with the world and life um but that's very different than somebody that maybe has a disorder somebody that maybe feels it more chronically more consistently so we wanted to talk today and again everybody that's going through the crazy storms on the east coast a little anxiety right now is probably normal just like if you walked upon a pack of pit bulls <laughs> you should feel a little stressed out the difference though is when you feel those same feelings that anxiety that stress the the fear of the unknown the constant wondering what's next if you feel that day in and day out just going to work getting through your day 
you'd probably be diagnosed with anxiety. And I think it's about 20% of the population suffer uh, some form of anxiety. We'll ask our, our expert here. Her name is Sherrianna Boyle, and she is the author of the book, The Four Gifts of Anxiety, Embrace the Power of Your Anxiety and Transform Your Life. And uh, she's, she's written other books. She's been an author of another book called Powered by Me for Educators, pre-K through 12. She put together a program called Powered by Me, which is a self-esteem workshop for girls ages 9 to 13. She herself is a mother of uh, three daughters, and she's a wife. She enjoys, you know, church and exercising, reading, gardening, taking naps, which, hey, I enjoy as well. Uh, And she also has a master's degree in education and is a certificate in advanced graduate studies in the School of Psychology from the University of Massachusetts, Boston. Her name is Sherrianna Boyle. Sherrianna, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hi, everyone. I'm one of those people getting ready for the storm. Uh, you are? No, wh- where do you live? <laughs> I live in Massachusetts. Oh, you are going to get crushed. Oh, we, we, we are. Three well, feet. My, yeah. My kids' schools have already been canceled Have today. they really? So that oh, means yeah. tomorrow it's just you and the kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, yeah. They've already been out sledding. And, and you're right. I mean, the, the hype out there. I mean, yeah. You go into the grocery stores and... People are panicking and uh. freaking out. But, uh, you know, this is just another example of how anxiety and stress can serve you because it really can give you a little kick in the butt and get your act together. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it can motivate you and say, you know what? It's time to take the furniture off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Do you? I mean, it's funny because we're talking to somebody in the in this eye of the storm, basically, mm-hmm. and it, it probably hasn't quite fully hit yet, especially because yeah. Boston may be the place where you get the three feet, which is that's pretty overwhelming. What it uh, is. is what are what are what are you hearing? I mean, because like you're saying, the news. It's one thing. Everybody's kind of panicking too because you got to yeah. get out there and you, and we're fighting at the stores. And yet we're doing that, we think, to just, you know, because we don't know what's going on. What what are you hearing back there? Well, I, I'm receiving phone calls, um, automated phone calls saying, um, here are the shelters and mm. where where you can go if you need a place to stay. And, and it's just that kind of vibe that people are yeah. feeling like, oh, gosh, I mean, and some of the shelters are the schools. So that's why they've canceled school for two days. And um, I'm just seeing people... But it's winding you up quite. I mean, anybody it would wind up. But somebody with real anxiety issues, this is a really big deal. It is a really big deal, and and particularly for the elderly. And I always just want to remember them because um, we forget, you know. I mean, the kids is is one thing, and adults and being a parent, but the elderly population, they they really feel this, especially if they're alone. Mm. Yeah, so look out for your neighbors, right? Absolutely. Take some inventory. Talk to us about anxiety because I think people throw it around a lot. And maybe Mm -hmm. we sometimes think that stress and anxiety are the same thing. Teach us. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, And you're absolutely right, Matt. People do throw it around a lot. And that's the first thing that I talk to people about is to be really careful about throwing out, you know, these pop psychology words, because it is, it's become kind of the buzzword now, anxiety this, it's a marketing tool for people, and, uh, and you have to remember that when you, when you throw this term around, especially when you're talking on the level of an anxiety disorder, 
and and now everybody's like self-diagnosing mm-hmm. themselves, you know, and and being very open about. I work, you know, I'm I'm taking a semester off. I'm also a psychology professor, and. So I hear a lot of these kids that will come up and say, you know, I have an anxiety disorder. And I, I always remind people and my students as well that when you say that, you're saying that you have psychological and physiological symptoms, mm. right? So the physiological, increased heart rate, nervousness, you know, a nervousness, blood pressure, that, that kind of sweating sometimes. Right. And then the, the psychological is really the dread, the self-doubt, distractibility. And, and I've really been um, talking to people about some other things that might not be in that diagnostic statistic manual because we kind of go by that. Yeah. But the thing that I talk about with people as well is there's a level of anger. And, and that isn't written up under um, uh, generalized anxiety disorder, which is the most diagnosed one. And then the second one that's most diagnosed when it is on that level is actually panic disorder. Oh, really? So, yeah. So anxiety is the most diagnosed? Um... Generalized anxiety yeah. is the one that is most frequently diagnosed. Yeah. And then after that is panic disorder. You hear, I'm hearing a lot of that now. Uh, yeah. Generalized anxiety acronym is GAD. So I talk. So anytime you're like, oh, God, or goodness, this is crazy. Anytime I feel like that, I'm like, oh, I must have generalized anxiety disorder. But maybe not. Maybe not. See, there's that have thing. Yeah. You know, you're kind of owning it. Yeah. And so what what happens if somebody comes to see me? I have a a stress. I'm uh, a stress management coach. Really? So if they come, yeah. And so if they come to see me, the first thing I do is I noticed that because if you say, well, I have anxiety, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of symptoms, right? right. Yeah. So if you break it down, like, for example, just people getting ready for the storm, they might feel worried, right? And that's the most, the symptom that really um, identifies anxiety the most. It's this chronic worrying, worrying about the future, you know? Um, So if you just, kind of take that and you say, I'm experiencing worry right now. You know, I'm having a lot of thoughts. It really, as soon as I start to kind of peel that apart for people, it seems less overwhelming. Okay. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, but I guess what it is is because worry is a byproduct of, of a, something else. And sometimes that could just be the dog barking mm-hmm. or exactly. it could be the storm coming Yes. But all worry doesn't constitute anxiety. Exactly. And and you 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 kind of want us to start separating because I and I've seen that when you work with people too. Mm-hmm. Once they can see that they they're experiencing an emotion, a feeling, um, mm-hmm. then sometimes you can track it back and do something more with it than just take it. it. Just it it makes you feel like I can handle that. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if you say anxiety, I have anxiety. Oh. You walk around saying I have anxiety. My mother has anxiety. Yeah. My sister <laughs> has. You know, I mean, you can sort of walk around saying this, and it feels like bigger than you. Right. right? No. Right. Totally. But as soon as you start to kind of break that apart, okay, well, let's talk about it because that's a lot of symptoms. Yeah. Do you really have all those symptoms right now? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I'm just hungry. Unless you're in a panic attack, you know? <laughs> right, right, no, right. And and so just trying to bring it down. So that's a first 
recommendation I have for people is we need to really watch how we're throwing that around mm-hmm. um, carelessly, right? That's great. And the other thing is, is is important to know the difference between stress and anxiety because stress and and there's more information about coming out on the benefits of stress, motivation being one of them. Uh, stress is just our ability to cope and adapt to our environment, and that is with any organism. So any living thing. We'll feel so stressed, you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you plant a plant and then you decide to uproot it and put it somewhere else, guess what? It has to cope and adapt to that stress. And that's inherent to any organism, any living living organism. Any living thing. And so stress is kind of the day-to-day real life, just, this is just real life, living, living with your environment. And what happens is that once again, people get overwhelmed because the other thing, and I I, I don't know if you mentioned, I wrote the Everything Parents Guide for Overcoming Childhood Anxiety. I don't think you mentioned that. But I do talk in that book about the fact that, um, you know, everybody's different temperament-wise. So some of us can walk into a room, and it can be rocking and rolling, and we're like, hey, you know, let me join the party. And then some of us are like, whoa, I need to, you know. And what's happening is your nervous system might actually have to adapt you know, and, and, and I feel it when I go in the grocery store. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No. Like, and you just need to adapt. So you're just feeling stress of the moment, and you just need yeah. to adapt. Oh, that's just, good. That's good. I just have to adapt. That's it. I mean, right. and, but let's do this. Let's take a break. We're talking with Sherrianna Boyle. Um, for, go to her website, Sherrianna, SherriannaBoyle.com. And uh, on there, you can get all of the books, The Four Gifts of Anxiety, The Everything Parents Guide to Overcoming Childhood Anxiety, other plus other tools. Um, we're going to come back and continue this discussion. You know, there, it's interesting to know stress is inherent. It's normal. Mm-hmm. And when you feel it, you just need to know how to kind of recognize it's happening, allow yourself to adapt. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, more on, you know, finding the healthy way through stress and anxiety. Again, I, we're, going to, we're going to dedicate this to those on the East Coast going through some stressful times right now as their environment is adapting. And now it's your turn to just adapt. Lots of lessons here. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. what all the people say you're riding high in april shot down in may but i know i'm gonna change that tune when i'm back on top back on top in june welcome back everybody that's life frank sinatra oh good times Hey, you know, that's life. Sometimes you're on top of the wave. Sometimes the wave is crashing down and throwing you into the beach. And you get off the beach with a face full of sand. I've always kind of preferred the Dire Straits version of that. Hmm. You want to sing Some, it? Sometimes you're the windshield. Sometimes you're the bug. <laughs> so true. That's life. Except there, there are some gifts. And we, we all have some tools, some gifts 
that might be able to help us through these times, these these just traditionally stressful times, whether it's the storm back east or whether it's, you know, the the up and the down of life. We've got tools and we've asked um, a wonderful guest to join us. Sherry Anna Boyle is with us. She is the author of the book, The Four Gifts of Anxiety. Embrace the power of your anxiety and transform your life. She also, if you go to her website, Sherry Anna Boyle, you can get and see all of the other stuff she's done. She's writing. She wrote a book called Everything Parents, uh, The Everything Parents Guide to Overcoming Childhood Anxiety. So if you have a child that's uh, struggling with, you know, that, that those feelings of worry and some of those uh, emotions that, that uh, tend to come along with anxiety, there's a great book there. Plus, she'll teach you how to do yoga to, to manage your emotion and your anxiety. Very powerful stuff. Sherrianna Boyle, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Really, it's good stuff. And you, you. Uh, before the break, you were just teaching us that uh, stress uh, is is pretty much inherent in life, right? Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah. and, and we need to just notice that what we're feeling is stress or worry and recognize that it's just now our ter- our chance, our opportunity to adapt to it. Absolutely. And, and your body will lead you there. I mean, so I really believe that some of the experiences that show up in the form of anxiety, so if you broke that down, as I said, if it were worry or distractibility, that when you, once you um, learn how to move through these symptoms, then they become guides for you. Yeah, an so indicator, you, like telling you, some, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. Yeah, they're just always redirecting you, redirecting you, redirecting you. And I really don't believe that, you know, I kind of give the voice of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if anxiety, that's really what how the book is written, from the voice of anxiety. If it could talk, <laughs> this is what it would say to you. And it would say, I never really wanted to knock you down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really I'm, never meant just, to do that. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> I didn't want you to get hit by that car. <laughs> yeah. Not just that, but I wanted to direct you back inside again. See, so anxiety inside of yourself. Yeah. It's not it, we make it a bad thing. It really is projection. just a guide. Yes. It's a guide. It's all a guide. And yet 100% a guide. But you say we also have we have like we have gifts that can help us to yes. access. Yes. What so, what do you mean by that? Cuz okay, it's like well, a lot of me... us don't want to access it. We just want to avoid it. And dodge it. <laughs> well, let me be clear. The, the symptoms themselves are, are not your gifts. Okay. okay. So when we identify these symptoms, we're describing what it, what's happening, okay? Okay. But they're not your gifts. It is the experience, keyword experience of the symptoms that lead to many, 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 many gifts. Now, when people come to see me or just in life, when you talk to people and you say, okay, you know, it, what, what we've been conditioned to do is you go to the doctor, you go to the psychologist, and they say, okay, so what's going on? So what do you do? You describe your symptoms. Right. And how do you describe them? Well, this is happening, and how is that happening? Well, I'm thinking a lot, or I'm having trouble focusing, or my memory, or, you know, all these things which can be affected by anxiety, they describe, they describe. So my question, where I wrote from this perspective in the book is, okay, well, how do you experience that? 
And people will go back to the story again. They'll say, oh, well, my experience is that I might fight with my husband and I'm Mm -hmm. unhappy, blah, blah, blah. So they go back into the description again, right? Right. So what's happening is they're actually, you're having a conversation with such a small fraction of who we are, and that is our called our conscious mind. So we know we're about 10% conscious, Yeah. and the 90% of us it comes from the subconscious mind, right? Right. So what the book does is talks about, okay, when you experience something, it's from your subconscious. It's from your awareness. Yeah, your feelings, awareness. your emotion. It, it's from Biochemistry, your yeah. So we haven't learned how to do that, Matt. Right. Right? We've learned how to talk about what's wrong, right. what our problem is, and how it shows up in our life and the things we want to change. But we haven't had as much work or as much ex- um, you know, experience with um, experiencing that. So let's say, oh, let's take the, the worrying, okay? So yeah. you have that. And how do you experience worry? Okay, you're like, it kind of trips your mind for a minute. You're like, right. how do I experience worry without giving a description of how it manifests in my life? But what the, what the average human would say, you'd say, man, you're worried. And they don't, they, they, you, you ask the question, how? Most yeah. of us ask the question, why are you worried? And then we get into the story, huh? So it's kind of like when we ask the why question, yes. we all of a sudden get into description. But you're saying, how? How, are, how is it manifesting? And that's yes. the one you want us to go explore. What I do is I give you a guide for how to experience your emotions, how to experience these symptoms. So I have three chapters written on this, okay? And I've broken it down into three phases. And and the first phase I called uplifting. So what I mean by uplifting your emotions is when you're having an experience such as Um, doubting yourself or uncertainty, in the body, there's an energy, right? So our emotions, we know, as you know, are a form of energy. Right. An emotion of self-doubt vibrates at a very, very low frequency in your body. So what happens is I always give that image of a stream. So if you had like a little nook in a stream Uh and it was kind of collecting muck in it and the water wasn't really moving... That's that emotion. It's not really moving. Yeah. So Stagnant. It, you feel, you, yeah. And you feel weighted down. You feel kind of stuck in mm-hmm. your life. Trapped, and when, yeah. And you revisit that same emotion, which is anxiety. Yeah. It feels like a little bit of a loop, a little bit of a trap. Yeah. You, know? you go over it and over. So the first thing that you do to experience this emotion is you have to uplift your energy because it's like... I'm not really experiencing it if it's kind of condensed inside me. Well, that's true. I mean, if if all of a sudden your best friend called, took you away, you went and did something really interesting and exciting, even talk and you're still allowed to talk about or think about it, but just the positive energy would change things. Yes. I I refer to it as uplifting Mm. yourself, right? That's powerful, yeah. Yeah, so... In the book, I, I give techniques for that, many different, I mean, we know now there's many different modalities, and, yeah. and, and so I offer several different ones, ways to uplift your energy, breathing is one of them, you know? Yeah, I love that um, one. Yeah. I mean, I'd be dead without it. 
No, but honestly, I, I found myself, and I, I probably learned this just listening to people that understand like you, but I would all of a sudden catch myself like taking almost like a quarter of the normal breath I would normally take, mm-hmm. and it's always when I'm most stressed. Uh-huh. And I sat there, and I'm like, why am I like breathing like a gerbil? And um, then all of a sudden, I'll just breathe deep, take a nice kind of cleansing breath, and amazingly, mm-hmm. my emotion feels so much better. Because you've you've circulated it. Mm. See, the, your emotions need to be moving and grooving. That's right. And we don't want to get rid of anything anymore. Yeah, yeah, we just hoard it all. <laughs> but that's a great that's a great lesson. Like elevate your yeah. energy. Yes. And by the way, but some some are gonna like okay, I'll do drugs. But see, some will do drugs to elevate, right? But that's well, not going to solve that gives, this. That gives an illusion. That's exactly right. right. I you're mean, not. I mean, you're, yeah, you're not dealing right. with. You're not dealing with the real issues. Well, you're not changing your brain. Yeah. Right. You're you're hurting your brain. What's so an, well, the, What's another one? What's another thing we do other than elevating? What's the next phase? You mean as far as okay? So you you elevate, you uplift your emotions. Yeah. The second thing, what happens? Okay, so here's. The thing that I find happens, and, and I've been teaching yoga for almost 15 years now uh-huh. and meditation and things like that. So, okay, I teach people breathing. They get to this place, and then all of a sudden, there's a little bit of resistance that shows up. So you can notice this yeah. when someone goes to, say, a yoga class or does something, and then they go back to their, real, their life, mm-hmm. and they're not integrating it. Yeah, they're not making it a part of them. It's not it's not carrying over. And if it's not carrying over and I and I've you know, from my practice I can test the body and do um, all different ways to to see how well someone's carrying over into their into their life. Mm-hmm. It amazes me how much it's not carrying over in and many, many people. So what happens I find, what I've picked up in people is they, there's an awareness piece that needs to take place, and that's what I bring into to the book map. Yeah, is it, it's called a purification phase. That's the the second phase. So you uplift your energy. What's going to happen? Stuff's going to show up. Yeah, right. It's going to rear its head, and it's going to want you to take a look at it. So it's our belief systems, uh, and 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 really, and make you start questioning. Okay, you believe this. You teach this. You do this. And you yeah. even feel peace at yoga class, but you don't bring it home and do it. Exactly. So it's almost kind of just demanding integrity. You, you, there is an awareness piece. You don't need to dwell on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So what I do in the purification phase is I, I name several things that I have found for people that do come up. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's so you move throughout, through that as well as with techniques. And then the third phase, once you sort of lift it through the body yeah. and it purifies, knowing knowing that all growth comes with discomfort. Sure. So that's where I find people kind of check out. They think, oh, I feel a little bit better. But you got to kind of let yourself dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. You feel you feel good, and okay. Let's let's not push anymore. And then and then, but pushing a little bit more would cause a little more of a pain. But you'd get a lot more clarity and a lot more clearing and a lot more. Yeah. And you absolutely. call that harmonizing, huh? Well, the harmonizing is the final phase. So let's say you kind of shake things up. And by the way, you don't have to do yoga to no. 
to to have. I want to be clear about that because well, I, I, I was I was even thinking it's. I mean, in a way, you're almost talking like religion too. I mean, a lot of yeah. people have knowledge, but they don't mm-hmm. integrate it, and they don't kind of purify it and and really mm-hmm. go deep and yeah. make it make it a major part of their life. They just kind of believe it. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. It's powerful. Well, prayer is similar. Yeah. Prayer up, can uplift you. I'm going to be honest with you. It depends how you pray. No, totally. And if you're truly connecting, and if you're in the now, kind of in the present, feeling right. flow, kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, if if you're praying because you're in suffering, then that's very different. Yeah. You know, I mean, I talk a lot about the soul in the book and what the soul connects to and what the soul doesn't connect to. And, and if we're walking around saying, I have anxiety, we're basically disconnecting from the bigger yeah. part of us, which is our soul, soul, which is... That's been around, yeah, that gets it. Yeah, well, the yeah. soul doesn't see us as broken. Yeah, or, or as a disorder, right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is it, oh, it's so, hang on. We've got to take a break, Sherry Anna. Um, yeah. We're talking again with Sherry Anna Boyle, the author of the book, The Four Gifts of Anxiety, another book that she's written, The Everything Parent's Guide to Overcoming Childhood Anxiety. Go to her website, SherryAnnaBoyle.com. When we come back, more ideas uh, from Sherry Anna. She's going to teach us how to kind of create the harmony between the real life and our, our soul, along with we're going to get into the gifts There are certain gifts that come from um, going through this process, and there are things you won't really want to give up because you've gone through it. There's power in learning, my friends. Stick with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I see trees of green. Red roses too I see them blue For me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world Welcome back everybody to the Matt Townsend Show. Today uh, we are talking about not only the great storms hitting the East Coast. 56 million people are in the, you know, in the path of that storm. Probably going to create a lot of stress and anxiety for people, um, but we've got an expert on the phone with us. Her name is Sherry Anna Boyle. She is the author of the book, The Four Gifts of Anxiety, Embrace the Power of Your Anxiety and Transform Your Life. She uh, has written a bunch of other things and is an expert and a coach in helping us manage our stress. Sherry Anna, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you. You... Um, the the funny thing is we really do need we need um we need coaches we need people and knowledge about how to handle this anxiety and stress i mean again it's part it's normal you should feel stress when your environment around you is is you know in flux that's normal uh-huh. uh but the stories you make up and the diagnoses you might make they may be and and the way we handle it uh-huh. is really getting in the way of us healing from it isn't it Absolutely. And, and I love the, the word coach because I really believe, I mean, if you think of a coach, they always want what's best for you, yeah. you know, um, and they want you to just sort of be empowered and be the best that you can be. So absolutely. It's I mean, powerful. we all can use a coach sometime. Well, and know? especially when it comes to something as subtle as the anxiety, like you were saying in the last block, only 10% of our brain are we conscientiously 
you know, thinking through and 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 creating. Ninety percent is just biochemistry. It's kind of it's just your brain working to protect you and preserve you. Um, but we've got to be careful because we we don't pay much attention to to this process. And I think that's what you as a coach would bring is the fact that there's there is a process to this. There's a process to kind of access and and find the good that that you can learn from what your body's trying to teach you through anxiety. Yeah, that already exists in you. I mean, you really don't have to find anything no. because it's it's already there and it's really just learning how to have an experience with your emotions and and I want to tell people that we we kind of um, keep ourselves from going on this um, journey because we there's a belief there that this journey is long, yeah. right? So yeah. what people do is they think, okay, well, I really know I need to get on that and learn about that, but I'll do that tomorrow <laughs> because yeah. I really don't have time for that in my life right now. I'm taking care of everybody else. Yeah. But I just want to let people know that the journey is no longer. Now, now with all of our knowledge about the brain, and and our, and about the subconscious mind, the journey is not about long; it's about deep. Interesting. It's I mean, and it can happen yeah. today. You can go. It can you can go. A, you can, yeah. It can happen this second. You can go mm-hmm. a foot deeper. It is happening. That's right. It so, is happening this second. That's right. If you're on this call, I really believe. No matter what I do now, Matt, I really don't get caught up in, you know, who's around me. I just really believe the soul leads us together Mm. i I really do that if if someone if if i'm meant to and that's really from receiving my own gifts yeah yeah you know that i'm able to see the significance in every single moment and i just and there's an incredible trust that you get when you allow yourself and the other thing i want people to know is that it takes about 30 seconds to an experience an emotion yeah that's That's it. it that's it I mean, unless right. we unless we build a bill, uh, a bunch of stories around it, exactly, and a psychosis, and uh, yeah, <laughs> if we keep piling on it, I mean, if we don't pile on it, you're saying the emotion will just dissipate in about thirty seconds. It, it can dissipate in thirty seconds. So you, I'm talking about you know I know we're entering the harmonizing phase, yeah. and I'm talking about building a life where you allow these thirty second intervals to be a part of the moment, the many moments of your day, just mm. 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there. I mean, I was, you know, my life is rocking and rolling and I, to be on this call with you right now, yeah. <laughs> and I'm talking to all the mothers and fathers right. out there, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I was doing it all. I'm preparing for a storm, making dinner, getting everybody all set. And then, and then, you know, you hibernating call. here yeah. on a call. Yeah. So what I did before the call was I sat for a moment and I digested anything that came up that I was maybe perhaps, you know, likely to be unaware of. You, you just, how did you do that? You just let the ideas in instead you know, of... I, I, I did the process. So you I did come it. downstairs, I uplift my energy. Um, part of that upliftment is through all the knowledge we know about energy medicine now, mm-hmm. you know, and also the brain gym and things that I've learned over the years when you cross the midline of yeah. your body. So when you're, you know, how the, the right hemisphere control, um, crosses, uh, uh, controls the left side of your body, left yeah. hemisphere controls the right, right? And in between there's this bundle of nerves. And so when you're in a stress response, 
what happens is you're just using a portion of your brain. Just, right? yeah, a minute yeah, portion. Yeah. 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 And so the right hemisphere kind of goes offline. That's the part we, where we connect to this experience thing that I'm talking yeah. about rather than describing. My left hemisphere can say, oh, well, I feel worried because blah, 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 blah. But my right hemisphere is going to be the one that allows me to experience. Yeah, and heal right? and, and go through it. And move through it. Yeah. So, I, so there's many different options. And so I'm always very conscious of making sure I, I do exercises that cross the midline, right? And mm-hmm. that's why I think people like yoga and they don't really know sometimes that that's what's happening. And the other thing I do is breathe. So when I came before the call is I, I just, it, it's kind of reminds me of like when you shake a rug out and then you just let the dust settle before uh-huh. you bring the rug back in the house. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's good. <laughs> did you know it's like i don't want to take that see that here's the thing matt anxiety is contagious oh yeah and we all have to take responsibility for what comes up if we really want this world to be a better place and that means when you end your day you develop practices to end that day so that when you don't go to when you go to bed at night you're not sleeping with it mm-hmm. right and you're not waking up to it and you're not eating with it and it, it becomes like this energy that's it's like you're wearing it all the time oh, yeah. right so there are you know a great thing that i do that i talk about in the book is visualizations oh Love them. And, and you, you use those, I guess, as a way to kind of close out the day and prepare and create a new day for tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, if I can just imagine for a moment, you know, yeah. remember that the soul speaks in pictures. That's right. It doesn't, it doesn't talk like, you know, we, like we think it does. So if I just imagine something for a second or if I just gaze at something outside and I, you know, look at the beauty of it, I'm connecting to that bigger part of me. Mm-hmm. It's that bigger part of me that allows me to digest and have an experience and allows things to move through. Oh. I mean, really, it's something that I, just as you speak about it, I think, holy cow, we we all need this. We, all, I mean, how many times do at night you're so tired and exhausted because you really haven't let go of the day yet and you don't have a practice to move uh-huh. on? And then uh-huh. we just numb ourselves with TV or our our phones or whatever we use to numb ourselves. Uh-huh. And and then we wonder why the next morning we wake up just beat down and exhausted. And yet it's because we yeah. didn't prepare. Yeah, hey, and it's just, yeah, exactly. Ta- as we wrap it up, we have about uh, 30, 40 seconds. Give us the one thing, Sherrianna. What's the one thing when it comes to, to managing our stress, our anxiety, what's the one thing you suggest that is just the key thing, the key thing to begin with? Uh, The one thing is learn how to end your day, begin your day and end your day. I I really believe in rituals, and I live it. I mean, I really do. I I, I have so many rituals, it's, 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 Hard to believe I get anything done. <laughs> yeah, but 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 then end your day in a way that you've actually elevated your spirit and you can move on to tomorrow. You uplift your energy. Yes, yeah. I mean so I begin and nothing gets in the way because yeah. when you begin to respect your own energy, that is how you build 
self-respect for yeah. yourself. And then your right? soul, right? And that, and then your soul can just, um, your soul can just live. Uh, Sherry Anna Boyle is her name, my friends. Go check out her website, Sherry Anna with two N's. Sherry S H E R I A N N A Boyle dot com. Great stuff, great stuff, my friends. We're going to take a break. Come back, continue this discussion about anxiety and health. This is the Matt Townsend Show. It's my. Welcome back, everybody. Second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. It's my life, and I'm not going to live forever. Especially that uh, East Coast might be feeling that way tonight. It is a storm. Holy cow. 56, 58 million people are in the line of what could be the biggest storm in the history of all the worlds. I mean, I don't, they, you know, I don't want to exaggerate. Every time I hear about it, this is a bad storm. And uh, if you, you know, live anywhere on the East Coast from pretty much Maryland to Canada, you you got to be careful. In fact, uh, if you just were if you were listening to the BBC, you heard, you know, they'll they'll ticket you. You're going to get tickets mm-hmm. if you're out driving around after 11 o'clock. That's right. Be careful. Don't I just I mean, just go home. Tonight's the night. It's after five. Yeah. Nobody's going to be out at the store, so it's not like, you know, people who work at a store have to be there. That's right. I mean, come See, on. in my neighborhood though, when the snow hits, everybody gets all their toys out, their four-wheelers, everyone starts driving oh, yeah. around. Everyone wants to yeah, shovel. I'm, I'm, I'm sure all those people have four-wheelers in their apartments <laughs> in New York. New York's going to the streets are going to be filled with four-wheelers. Oh, that's that's such a Utah thing. It is. Yes. Yeah, it's too bad. You on the East Coast, you're missing the great four-wheeler f- festival. <laughs> hey, uh, it's a stressful thing, though. It's a very stressful time. And we, we, today on the show, we, we wanted to talk more about anxiety and stress and kind of just take it from a bunch of different angles. One of the things that I've been noticing, um, nothing stresses us more than our relationships, and nothing can create more stress sometimes than being lonely. Well, there's a lot of people that that could be happening to Tonight. tonight. And again, we've got to worry about these the seniors. Yes. So think about the people in your neighborhood, down the hall from you, you know, in your apartments. Let's start looking out for all of the uh, the elderly. Make sure that they're taken care of because they're the ones that are going to probably really end up suffering so much through this. Well, and it, what what uh, what I'm looking at too is I I know there's going to be a lot of people stuck at airports oh, tonight, but you you might be stuck there with a lot of other people. But if you're there, you know. If you're a business traveler and you're on your own, yeah, you, you could be lonely in, in, a, in a group of thousands of people at an airport. It's it's true, it really is. I mm-hmm. mean, because you want to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want to go meet everybody and share a pillow on the floor next to a, you know, pretzel time exactly. restaurant. <laughs> um, loneliness, though, it's a big deal. And and again, is just as we talk about anxiety, a lot of us have stuff in our lives that we just don't want to deal with. We don't, you know, we feel bad. We're angry that our life hasn't turned out quite the way we want it to. And we start to pull away from people. And yet it might be this is the time when we need people, not just, I mean, not just in the middle of a storm, but it is. This is the time we kind of need to look out for each other, but also in our relationships and our marriages. So here's 10 surprising facts about loneliness. 
Okay. And I'm trying to motivate you to if you're if you're somebody who tends to just kind of pull away from everybody and you're noticing that you feel more lonely than ever, it is something that might be coming from your anxiety or your depression. Um, Ten surprising facts. This comes from it was published uh, by Guy Winch, a Ph.D. in The Squeaky Wheel is the name of the the um, the blog. OK. But it's estimated that about 40% of us will feel aching pangs of loneliness at some point in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, again, I sat with my 99-year-old good friend who uh, his wife passed away about a year and a half ago. Hmm. And he's just so lonely. Yeah. Because he just misses her so much. And um, we just had a great discussion. And he's just so it's, – it's interesting. In a very loving, peaceful way, he just is excited to die. It sounds weird, but he just wants to die and just go be with his wife. I can understand that. But loneliness, it's real. Loneliness, number one. Loneliness does not depend on how many friends or relationships you have. That's true. Like like the airport. Like at the airport. There will be a million people around you, and yet you might know that your kids are stranded in Baltimore. Yeah. And you're not home to be there with them and and be there. I felt that type of loneliness on 9-11. I was stranded at the LAX airport. And no fly, no planes were flying, and I was teaching a workshop, and my family was home going through nine eleven, and I'm oh, I was so lonely. Like, yeah, let me go home, let me go home. But I had to finish the workshop. Had to finish the workshop anyway. Uh, number two, more than sixty percent of lonely people are married. Mm. So we think just because you're married, yeah, then you won't be lonely. But no, no. But think about your own marriage. Are you guys lonely? Are we not connecting like we used to? Are we not as as uh, reliant upon each other? Because if that's so, then we probably need to find a way to um, turn towards each other. Hey, and if you're going to have a couple days off with your wife or with your significant other or your or your family, maybe this is the weekend. If you're on the East Coast and you're snowed or in. <laughs> maybe it's the week, depending on how the storm hits. That's true. It might it might last quite a while. Number three, loneliness distorts our perceptions of our relationships. So if you're feeling lonely in your relationship, you're probably more prone to actually maybe rewrite what the relationship's about. Oh. Uh, it's called memory. Um, uh, what was it called? Uh, rewriting history, rewriting memory. So if we're negative, we tend to rewrite our love stories as more negative. If we're lonely, we'll probably rewrite our love stories as not as profound, not as rich. Hmm. So think about that. Um, and, and would you consider yourself one who's you know, rewriting the story? That makes it more lonely. Like no one's there. No one was ever there. You were always alone. You always liked it to be alone. Loneliness, by the way, is contagious, according to Guy Winch, uh, the, the really? author of this. It's contagious. If I'm lonely, I'll pull away. That's interesting because if you see somebody else who is lonely, you would think, well, you could at least be together in your loneliness and then you wouldn't be lonely. It's interesting, except um, to, I guess loneliness would be more than having somebody in proximity. True. Right? So then you'd have to – if I'm lonely, then I might shut down. I might close mm. down and not open up. I see. So I don't even let you in even if you are trying to talk to me. And then all of a sudden, that makes the person we're talking to more and more lonely. It's contagious. you got to be careful. It distorts us, and it, it's contagious. Number five, loneliness actually makes us feel colder. Studies have found that recalling a time in which we felt lonely made participants estimate the room temperature as being significantly colder. Wow. 
So you actually, your body has a physiological response to these thoughts, these stories about loneliness. Watch out. You'll have to grab a blanket if you're lonely. (laughs) Loneliness makes our bodies feel like it's under attack. It causes an immediate and severe body reaction, bodily reaction, which increases blood pressure, cholesterol. It activates our physical and psychological stress responses. You're going to have more cortisol. So loneliness jacks you up chemically. It starts to turn you into a chemical reaction. Uh, Chronic loneliness significantly increases our risk of cardiovascular disease. Loneliness suppresses the functioning of our immune system. So all of a sudden you'll get sick more often. College freshmen who felt lonely had poorer reactions to flu shots. And loneliness is as dangerous as cigarette smoking. Whoa, wait, that crazy? whoa, Scientists whoa. have concluded that given all of the drastic ways in which loneliness impacts our bodies, it represents as great a risk for our long-term health and longevity as smoking cigarettes. Holy cow. So if you are, I mean, you know, don't smoke. Well, yeah, don't be lonely either. So if you're out there and it's easy for you to just pull away and not have anyone around you and you feel lonely, I mean, I guess it's different if you don't feel lonely, but if you feel lonely... You need to be just as concerned about that as you are about smoking, secondhand smoke, and other, um, other uh, physiological problems like that. Folks, we got to take care of each other, especially, hey, during this storm. we got to take care of each other. And uh, not, not just today, by the way, forever. Let's start looking out for the lonely, the downtrodden, those that need a, a, a lift. It's one of the goals of the show. See if we can't uh, make you a little happier. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, a great friend of the show, Brooke Walker, is going to join us. She's going to talk to us about people that are anxious and stressed. They show signs that we all can see. And she learned it by sitting on TV sets with these stressed out people. Interesting. Listen, stick with us and come back and, and see if you might be showing the signs of a stressed person. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More after this break right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show you know Simon and Garfunkel gets rid of my anxiety and stress I would hope so couldn't you just listen to this forever because they are a bridge over troubled waters they are and who doesn't need a bridge over troubled waters even if the water's frozen that's right right now the east coast needs a lot of bridges over frozen troubled waters Hey, welcome back to the program today we've been talking about uh, anxiety stress how you handle it And uh, we wanted to talk to, you know, we've talked kind of about the psychological side of this, but uh, all anxiety and stress manifests physiologically. And we all do different things, you know, we get a little twitchy, we get a little, you know, shifty, maybe we move a lot when we're stressed, our mouth dries up, a lot of different signs. But we wanted to talk to somebody that has to, on a regular basis, deal with stressed people. Not because she's stressful, but because what she does for a living is stressful. So we've talked to our expert, Brooke Walker, who is a host and executive producer of the Lifestyle Show Studio 5 with Brooke Walker. She's a member of the award-winning KSL team in uh, Salt Lake City in the greater Rocky Mountain area. It's, it's one of the biggest 
stations uh, for television and radio in that area, in the area. She's also works with Operation Smile, Primary Children's Med- Medical Center, to help uh, raise money there. But uh, she's a good friend of the show. Brooke Walker, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hello, hello. Thanks for having hello. me. Hello. Reading that list, I was getting anxious. Like, my yeah. palms were sweating and my mouth was going dry. No, just kidding. Do you know what we should add to the list, by the way? What? Expecting mother. <gasps> Mama to be, I know the title I'm most proud of at the moment. That is the coolest thing in the world, We're and so the way, excited. but the way you told me that was really weird. Have we have we shared this yet? No, we haven't shared this. Oh, it's worth worth it for your listeners but, to go dial up this clip because you are so darn funny. Well, I didn't. I don't want to. No, I don't want the clip played. Why? Because that's embarrassing. Well, let me set it up. So okay. we told Matt that he was taping a promo, right? You yeah. thought you were sitting down yeah. just to tape just a taping television. a promo. No big right. deal. And we told him to read the teleprompter. Yeah. yeah. And apparently the line, if you put it in the prompter, they will read it, is true because we did a couple run-throughs. He yeah. read this promo, just a standard television commercial. Not a big deal. And then deal. we switched it on him and threw in the line, and did you know Brooke's pregnant? <laughs> and your reaction, my friend, That was, was classic. Priceless. Can I say what you said? Um, no, I don't want to. Then I'll be embarrassed. Yeah, don't. You but... just had funny relationship coach type. Yeah. Well, I couldn't believe, like, yeah, but it, I could tell something has been different with you. Because? You're, you're more twitchy. <laughs> you're more, your mouth is always dry. No, I, no, but I, I really couldn't tell. Except, um, yeah, you, I don't know, you were, we, we had different conversations than we might normally have. The line you said what was, did I say? you smell different. Yeah, and I I'm not quite sure how to take that. I didn't know yeah. pregnancy came with a smell. Oh, it but... does. It does. Okay, no, it doesn't. Right. It's. I didn't know what to say. What am I supposed I was, to say? Well, I was grateful you just didn't say, oh, good. So you haven't been eating too many Girl Scouts. Oh, that That's explains what I was grateful it. you didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is horrible. I would never Funny. say that, Brooke. Congratulations on the baby. Thank you, baby girl. In is it a baby girl? Oh, yes. little Maddie. It's a girl. Little Matty. Matty. Oh, M-A-T-T. Matty. Yeah, don't you think that sounds cute? I see. Well, well, we'll throw it in the mix and see how it shakes out. Well, let's just not even throw it. Let's just put it on the name. <laughs> name it. My husband will be thrilled to know yeah. that we named our yeah. firstborn daughter <laughs> on a radio show. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Hey, and, and congratulations on everything. In fact, uh, we, do, we do. We have a special gift to show you how much we care about you. Uh-huh. That's it. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, there it comes again. You know, that's oh. that's the State of the Union applause. Can we just have that speed up every time yeah. we talk? I we call it a clap track. Booster. Yeah, we're going to start using it a lot more on the show. Love it. Because it sounds like we're doing it in front of a live audience. Love it. Hey, Brooklyn, um, one other thing. Uh, as we've been talking about anxiety and stress, um, yeah. uh, you are going to Hawaii. I am. Oh, how how de-stressing is that going to be? Oh, talk about anti-stress. Yeah. I already have grand plans to sit on the beach, mm. read 15 books, wow. just listen to the waves. Mm. You know, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you you actually had a previous engagement that you were supposed to go to that now that you're not going to show up because you're going to Hawaii to sit on the beach and read books, you're not going to go to my engagement for Valentine's night. I have a big I'm date so night. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. Well, you, you were supposed to like out. introduce me. You yeah. called me out on TV, now yeah. on radio. I've just, yeah. I, I am mean, so sorry. I mean, well, I guess one thing about stress is sometimes, you know, going to Hawaii is 
de-stresses one person while it just stresses out another. Listen, it was a stressful decision on my part. I mean, it was a hard decision, a lot of contemplation and prayer, like what? date night or 10 days in Hawaii with yeah. my family. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I, I hope I made the right decision. I'm really sorry. Uh, I've been to every other date. I know. I know. But, but, but this one was the best one. Oh, don't say that. This one was, this was how to survive a marriage when you have a baby coming. You're kidding. No, that was the topic. Well, I might have to Skype in then. No, too late. From the front row. Too late. We will have to approach that topic at some point, though. I know. Hey, um, here's something else. Uh, your producer of your show is Stephanie. Yes. And um, one time, and, and you're, today you're going to talk about when people come on your show, you, they're stressed out because they're, they're not used to being on TV. Oh, there's nothing more stressful. The lights hit you. There's oh. kind of an energy and hustle uh-huh. and bustle. I totally get it. Well, people and then you're like around. always, yeah, you're always on the side freaking out, yelling. Me? Yeah. Oh, now you're really throwing me under the bus, Townsend. No, you've never done that, but I, it, it's signed, scary. Did like, a contract that you weren't supposed to reveal those sort of studio no, details? I don't think we did. Oh, okay. I don't think we did. Uh, so you see these people come on stressed out, and you've put together a list of like the, the signs that you're you are you're demonstrating stress. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of interesting when your producers contacted me about this topic. I thought I I'm not a super super anxious person. I mean, I'm no. I'm pretty prepared you're very laid up, back. Yeah. I try to be pretty casual because I I know that I have to counteract the stressful situation of a television studio and my goal, my whole job kind of circles around the idea of making people feel comfortable that they can talk to me. So, I started to put some, you know, pen to paper and really think about it and there are some common, like you said, physiological behaviors that people demonstrate when they're feeling anxious and not just yes. in a television studio but in everyday conversation. Yes. That I think we who, you know, maybe are in the calm shoes and, and can step up and soothe a little. We're in a position to step up and soothe. Uh-huh. We can maybe try these little tricks that I, oh, I put into play good. in the television studio every day. Yeah. Okay. So give us, uh, do, do you have a trick for every sign? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Well, I let's start, let's get into them because okay. the very first one, just so you know, Stephanie says that I have. <laughs> oh no. What is it? It's uh, shifty eyes. Do you, do you think that's true? Well, I don't. I think she's crazy. No, but here's the thing. We she should... said that once to me. <laughs> oh, here's Sean. Sean's got something to say. Sean? Actually, he does not on radio. What? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. I do not have shifty eyes on radio. For some reason, that was so funny, I know. Sean. Good but, job. That's a class. Yeah, he's just clarifying. Well, you don't do it because you're anxious. You do it because you're a smooth, experienced television professional. So you're looking for graphics and you're I looking am. for that's visual exactly. support. See, okay, okay. Now that we've got that out of the way. Yeah. Just make sure you tell Stephanie that. I will. I will. Okay. But some people, you'll see, you'll be talking to them. Maybe you're at a party or you're in kind of a social situation, and you notice their eyes. They just dart left, yeah. right, up, down. They can't quite look you in the eyeball because they're so worried about what's going on yeah. around them. Yeah. You know, that's kind of a demonstration of anxiety. So I found a little trick. If you notice someone doing kind of the shifty eyes, their uh-huh. eyes are dancing anywhere but, you know, landing on yours. Give them something specific to focus on, like specifically call out something. For example, I one time, just about a week ago, I had a guest who, you know, we'd tell them, look right at me, like, yeah, right. having a conversation. Their eyes were everywhere, but I mean, up and down, looking at the lights, and they're looking at the floor manager, and they were so nervous. And the only thing I could think to get them to focus on, I said, see this, look, I spilled ice cream on my, on my skirt. Who has an ice cream stain yeah. at 1030 in the morning? And that forced them to look at this teeny tiny little stain. And you got their eyes back. It just calmed them in, kind of drew them into the yeah. conversation. So it could be something about, you know, something you're wearing or something that you're holding in your hands. But if you give their eyes something specific to focus on, it kind of calms down their little facial tics. That's a great idea. 
Is it? You've never used it on me, but that's a great idea. Well, I mean, now really, I know I need to. And you can use that at a party. Yeah. But you, you shouldn't say, hey, look up here. Look up here, pal. Yeah. Eyes up here, buddy. Eyes, Eyes up, up here. here. You don't say no. that, but you just distract them or like, hey, check this out. Or what do you think of that? Yeah, give them something specific to focus yep. on and they, it helps kind of train them in. It's cool. What's another uh, little problem you see, a little sign of anxiety on television? Well, I think this is really big among women. Women tend to, when they're feeling anxious or they're feeling insecure, they tend to put themselves down. Mm-hmm. Like they'll say, oh, my gosh, I'm having the worst hair day or, yeah. oh, my goodness, I, you know, they'll throw out a bunch of different physical insecurities that they're feeling like and they'll put themselves down in the process or even just, I'm not good at that. I don't know how to do that. To me, that's a demonstration, a red flag that that person is feeling anxious or insecure. So mm-hmm. I think the best thing you can do as a friend or as a co-conversationalist, just let them know they aren't alone, like sympathize with them, maybe demonstrate a little bit of um, self-depreciating humor. Just say, yeah. oh my gosh, I will join the hair, Bad Hair Day Club, yeah. or oh my goodness, I am terrible at that too, so we're two peas in a pod. Oh, kind of link good. arms so and true. let them know that they're not alone. I've seen you do that on the set. You have? I have. Oh, wow. You, and, but that's, I mean, that, you, you, could, you could try to talk them out of it, but instead sure. you just sympathize with it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I had a guest the other day who was stressing about, you know, the camera adds 10 pounds, which is actually <laughs> true. Sorry to tell you. Yeah. But she was stressing about how she sat and positioned herself and she wanted it to look the most flattering. So, of course, it's her big moment. So she was angling her legs left and right, left and right. And she kept saying, oh, my gosh, I still haven't lost the baby weight. She's putting herself down. Ugh. And I said, you know what? I'm gaining the baby weight. And I found the best way to sit is, and I showed her how to angle her legs. It. Yeah, that works for me, but I put myself in her shoes, kind of in her boat, and we were able to link arms and, and swim together. You know what? It's so weird, Brooke, because I, I don't ever think about how my legs are angled. Isn't that perfect, though, because you're a guy, and guys just don't. So the but I should care more. Oh, I, no. now, I'm getting, now I'm getting worried. You're making me now, anxious. Now you're getting anxious? Yeah. That's funny. Hey, we got uh, about 30 seconds. Give us one more. Okay, one more. Guessing and assuming what you're thinking. So people who are insecure or anxious, they'll jump in with what they feel think you're thinking about them or they'll assume what you know you're feeling in the moment and this played out the other day it was kind of sad i walked into the restroom and a woman was in the bathroom mirror and she turned around she goes i know you're thinking i look terrible right now (laughs) and i hadn't even like opened my eyes who are you through the doorway (laughs) and so the best phrase you can say in that situation is oh i can see where you're coming from you probably don't feel great but i gotta tell you i wasn't even going there in my mind i can see where you're coming from kind of validates them without making them feel stupid, but also opens the door for you to jump in and soothe that anxiety and insecurity. Oh, so good. Lessons. We, Brooke, we're getting lessons on how to kind of de-stress others when they come in and they're just a big ball of stress. We're going to take a break, come back. More of these great ideas from Brooke Walker on, uh, you know, how we can ease the burden of everyone else, you know, decrease the stress of those around us. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We will be right back, right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. To the Matt Townsend Show. You don't want to just stop and stare. One Republic, man. Today we're talking about uh, just kind of stress, anxiety overall. Again, prayers go out to everybody on the East Coast. And uh, as you're going through the uh, galaxy's largest storm. 
because it's big. It is that big. And so we're worried about you, but uh, we've also been talking about anxiety, how to control it, uh, watching out for, you know, creating a social life so you have uh, other people that you can, um, you know, emote with, share your feelings with. And then our guest right now, Brooke Walker, is walking us through little tricks she has learned uh, by dealing with people that are under stress, which you feel stressed out of your mind anytime you're on the Brooke Walker show. Not because it's (laughs) stressful, Brooke, but because you're so worried that everybody out there is watching everything and every part of it. And you you do an incredible job of making people feel comfortable. Oh, that's kind. And that's all you're trying to do now is just teach us how to look for the sign that they might be stressed and what we can do about it, right? Well, I'm no expert, but after 10 years of hosting a television show, you hope to pick up a few little tricks. You are. People do feel comfortable. But you're good at it, really. I mean, everybody that goes through, I, 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 I see some of the people you need to deal with. And I've, even when I've co-hosted a couple times, it's scary because they are terrified. You see terror in their eyes. You know what is the double whammy is when it's somebody you know or care about, like a family member, or my husband's on the show, or my mom, and you look over and you see this person you love who's so vulnerable, and and you've thrown them, (laughs) you feel like, into the den of lions. Totally. But anyway, hopefully these tricks will help in in even the most day-to-day social situations. You bet, and they are helping. Give us a couple more. What, What else can we do? Okay, so have you ever been in a conversation, and you can tell maybe, so, I mean, you're the Dr. Matt Townsend, oh, so this happens to you all sure. the time. People are nervous to be talking to you. Are they? I yeah, mean, I don't you are the so. Dr. Matt Townsend. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen this happen after date night. People will come up, and they're so excited to yeah. meet you. Well, a lot of times when we feel that anxiety or that insecurity, that social insecurity, we stutter. I don't know about, oh. I'm, a ter- I'm terrible at this, yeah. I'm nervous. I mean, T's and P's are like a death trap for me, right? <laughs> So if you notice someone in a conversation, maybe they're talking about something awkward or something that's difficult for them to share, and you yeah. notice them kind of stuttering and stammering, I found at the nearest opportunity, if you can jump in, because they're aware it's happening, right. you're not the only one hearing this, if you can jump in during a natural pause and tell a slightly longer story or kind yeah. of lengthen out an experience, just give them time to gather their thoughts and their composure. Catch up. So you're basically stalling, right? Yeah. So if, if I see a guest struggling in the in the television studio, I'll jump in, and my job at that point is just to stall while they gain composure and kind of gather their thoughts and hopefully find their words. I love that. I mean, really, and because honestly, it's so caring, really, but it, it's nobody knows you're doing it except it's such a gift, right, to that person that, that can finally get their head back. Right, exactly. And sometimes that's all it takes is a few seconds to take a breath, mm-hmm. wrap your brain around it, and move on. That's great. What do you do about the people that like take long pauses that maybe aren't talking as much? Well, this plays out in a really painful way on TV. You have the gift of gab. You don't have yeah. this problem when you're on the show. But there are some people that they honestly either just lose their mind, lose their thought, uh-huh. or they just are thinkers. Like my husband's a thinker. Yeah. I learned this early on. We were on one of our very first dates, and I probably told this story before, but he had this station on. He were driving in like really thick traffic and you know mm-hmm. like bumper to bumper and. He had this Pandora station, and great songs kept coming on, one after the other. And I said, hey, you know, what, what station is this? And he was quiet, and he, you know, obviously focused on driving, but in the moment, I'm like, oh, he didn't hear me. Oh. And so 30 seconds later, I said, hey, what station is this? Nothing. Silence. Oh, my heavens. 30 seconds later, I say, hey, what station is this? And finally, he kind of, <laughs> mini explosion, said, would you give me just a minute? Sometimes people just need that minute to think and process if they're in a situation of stress or anxiety. So you can do what I did, repeat the question 50 times until <laughs> and tick the them off. you're talking to explodes. Yeah, exactly. Or you can just embrace the silence. Like normally I've found thoughtful people, and tell me if you think this yeah. is true, thoughtful people, they're not afraid of silence. They, they shouldn't be, huh? 
they relish in it. They yeah. just sit and they think and they process, and it's the rest of us that are jibber-jabber yeah. freaks that feel the need to jump in and fill every single so sentence. True. So don't be afraid of the silence. Let it marinate and know that they're okay if you're okay. Uh, that's great advice. What about, what about the person like me that just talks too fast? Well, I get going you, and I just talk, talk, and you talk, talk, talk. You're like a train that left the station on high speed. That's now, right. I've found that if you, if, if you're experiencing, you're seeing someone kind of melt in front of you and become anxious and insecure, and they're talking so fast to try to keep up. If you exaggerate your own slower pace, ah. you take it down a notch, not to the point that you're mocking, you know, yeah. mocking them. But if you're a little more exaggerative in how yeah. in the pace that you talk, they'll kind of pick up on that natural rhythm. You've done that with me. You're like, now, Matt. <laughs> now, now, how brown are you cow? doing? <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting because we mirror each other when we're communicating. So I, I, there, I am getting feedback from you real time. Yeah. And you are coaching me just by your own tone, your own timing. Uh-huh. You you always which amazes me. How do you cuz you always look me in the eye and you keep that a face that's like I care. But in your head, <laughs> you got to be thinking, is he done? <laughs> shut him up. When is this guy going to shut up? How do you know what that voice in my head is saying? Because so sometimes it leaks yeah. out. I sincerely care. I do. I do. Sean, uh I still have that voice in my head too. You, you have Strangely that. enough, Brooke, that same voice comes into my head. I don't know why. Is it because you do that to me too? What is the deal? Stop why does everybody Townsend. keep wanting me to shut up? <laughs> so I think rude. we should ask Marty if that voice comes into no, our actually, head as well. It, I'll, well, let me just say, yes, it does. I have that on good authority. She Marty did, says, yeah. yes. She told me that yesterday. That's funny. What about the fidgeter? The guy yeah, that's somebody's... all fidgety and anxious and moving and. Yeah, the hands are twisting, the wrists are turning, the legs bouncing. It kind of goes back to that um, shifty eye contact. If you can point out something specific on that person that they can touch. So, for example, if it's a woman, I'd say, oh, my gosh, where would you get that necklace? And I'd point to her necklace. She then instinctively will just reach up and hold that necklace. That kind of stabilizes her hands. Or, you know, even just a subtle touch on their arm or their elbow can kind of calm their physical shake. But if she's got the shakes and she grabs her necklace and it starts like a rattle. And then the beads fall all over the floor. Oh, look at your hair. Oh, well, your shoes are, it's like head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> She's all over the place. But okay, but again, that's so subtle, isn't it? And, and some yeah. of us don't even know we're doing it. That That's one of the things. I took a speech class, and that was the greatest lesson, was becoming aware of what my body does when I am nervous. Because they would yeah. video us, and they'd force us to watch it. That's one of the things. That's an advantage and disadvantage to your job, Brooke. Because what was I'm curious, what did you learn from that? What was your well, physical... I, I, you know what I learned is I remember watching a woman break out in hives in the middle oh, of a no. speech. And you could see, like, these hives, like, work their way up her neck. Yeah. And her face would go. And I, I honestly panicked, like, do I do that? Does, <laughs> does my face do that? So I would watch these videos and notice that I, I didn't show very many, like, signs, cues. And you it, were pretty calm. Th- then I got in my head that, okay, I feel nervous, and I inside a mess, and, you know, I'm freaking out. I can't believe I'm doing this, and yet I, don't, I know I'm not showing the sign. See, that's a gift. That's, that's why it. you're so good at what you do. Well, see, but it took college class. Well, thank you, Speech 101. <laughs> it changed my life. What about uh, the one that, um, that really, like, has other, like, the hives? Yeah. That's hard. 
or somebody that just breaks into like a really bad sweat because oh. your studio's oh. hot sometimes. It's very it warm. Those, those lights get toasty. What, what do you do with somebody that's like having a real physical manifestation? Well, first you assess whether or not they may be going through menopause because that's yeah, that's true on your show. Yeah. I've had women fifty yeah. percent of the time that could oh, be right. Terrible, but like the dry cotton mouth. I think we all dread that. Yeah. I think the best thing you can do as kind of the host or the participant in the conversation is to acknowledge it without pointing them out or calling them on the carpet and offer a solution. So if my guest has a dry mouth, for example, I'll say, oh, my gosh, I'm so thirsty. Would you like a quick sip of water? I'm going to grab me one. So, again, uh, you throw themselves, you throw yourself in their boat yeah. and, and let them know that you're on their level. And then together you can kind of grab a quick sip of saving water. Well, and that's a, that's a host trick. I mean, that would work whether you have your, show, your own show or whether you just are hosting a party. Totally. If you see someone like fanning themselves, you can say, oh, my gosh, it's kind of hot in here. Would you mind if I turned down the thermostat? Or, so oh, my right. goodness. Just, you know, if you see someone kind of rubbing their arms, you say, oh, my gosh, I'm kind of cold. Can I get you a blanket, too? Just little things like that. And, again, it's just attentiveness. Have you ever had a, have you ever had a guest on your show that just went quiet? Oh. Just shut right up, and they, they're quiet, and beep, they're not talking. You know, I don't mean this judgmentally, but sometimes I'm surprised at who agrees to be on TV because it is yeah. scary. And if you're a painfully shy person anyway, um, that can be <laughs> real yeah. torture. But even in a conversation, you know, when you identify someone who's just really quiet or shy, I think the best thing to do is to ask them a question about themselves. In fact, I was talking to a neighbor and she, she, she opened up to me and said that she really struggles with anxiety hmm. and social anxiety. It's really hard for her. And I would have never noticed because she handles it so well. But I found this interesting. She's actually getting a service dog to help with her anxiety and I'd never heard of service dogs being offered to no. you know women men with anxiety but she said the reason behind it obviously he's not going to help her across the road right. you know as if he would do if she was visually impaired but the reason behind the service dog for people with anxiety is it takes the attention off of themselves yeah Everybody goes to the dog. Yeah, puts it on the dog. And so that kind of becomes a buffer. I'd never heard of that before. I thought that was fascinating. So you can ask them a question that takes the attention off of their anxiety off of themselves, ask them a question that requires them to kind of focus on someone other than their own, their own. You know what else? That's interesting because, um, and I don't, the the metaphor, we got to be careful with the metaphor, but, um, that could be your spouse. Yeah. Because if, if one of you loves kind of social situations, you could take away some anxiety if you just talked about, you know, that if you just know your partner's got your back. Right. And they're not going to throw it on to you and you're going to have to, you know, communicate or do all this stuff that you wouldn't naturally want to do or like to do. Like, I mean, I think even my wife likes that in certain social settings, I'll step it up sure, and kind of carry it. And then in other settings where I'm not, I don't want to carry it, she'll step up. Absolutely, because when you're in the comfort zone, you essentially carry the control. And we've all been in a situation where you're unsure of what to say or what to do. And having someone step up, like you just described, and and really lead the way is the most reassuring effort in the world. I mean, it really is. And it's it's honestly a great act of service. It is. Because when people go on your show, they know it's your show, but they also know you'll do the majority of the water carrying. Mm-hmm. And you'll get them through. I mean, I always like to tell people no one has ever died on my show. <laughs> right. This isn't brain surgery. This, yeah. this is, I mean, a couple have been here. maimed. Sure. <laughs> but it's yeah, and Sean just dropped it. Um, but it, we, we get so worried like it is like such a big deal. And yet, um, you know, in the hands of people that know what they're doing, 
we, we could we really can lighten the load for everything. Absolutely. To, just as we wrap this up, because uh, Brooklyn, a lot of people would sit there and think, you know, people like Brooke, they just are never anxious. They never are unsure about themselves. But the reality is we all are. Everybody at one point or the other is going to feel that day-to-day social anxiety, that insecurity that sets in. And I think it would be so helpful if we all knew, you know, like you said, we have each other's backs. I'm going to carry the water for a time. We're going to step up and soothe each other because we'll, we'll all be there. We've all been there. Yeah. And we'll definitely be there again. What, what do you do? What, what else have you seen helps when you know the people around you are just more unsure, generally unsure of themselves? What, what, what are some other tricks you use? This is a trick my mom, actually, I'll I'll share one more. My mom taught me, I think, when I was a teenager, she was really good about reviewing the details in detail. So she knew we were entering into a situation where, in fact, I remember when I was was baptized into my church when I was eight years old, and Mm -hmm. I remember feeling so anxious as an eight-year-old about that. And she just talked me through every detail, and we probably went over it three or four times. And I think that technique translates to adults, too. If you find yourself just unsure or hesitant about how a situation is going to play out or what exactly is going to happen, reviewing those details is so comforting, you know? You're going to come on the show. And that's the same thing. You have people around on your show that when these new guests come on, they're walking them through, they're talking them, they're setting them up. You meet with them. You walk them through. And after hearing it two or three times, people can relax. Absolutely. Or if you're going to a new meeting or a first day on the job, I mean, I love the interview tip that when, uh, before you go into an interview, see if you can talk to a receptionist, someone who has the time and patience to take you through the details of that company. Or I mean, it applies yeah. on, a, on a number of different levels and scenarios, but just review the details. Don't be afraid to ask for the details. And again, it comes down to letting those people who are anxious and unsure know that you've got your back. And, and, and a phrase I always say to people, and, and this might be a good last parting phrase, but I won't let you fall. I won't let you fall That's in this great. social situation, in this interview situation, whatever it may be. I'm not going to let you fall. I'm here to kind of help buffer the anxiety you might feel. Oh, that is such a great phrase. I won't let you fall. I've got you. I got you. I've got you. Trust me on this. Trust me. Uh, Matt Townsend saying that, and then you need yeah. to definitely well, then, yeah. question. Well, yeah, then, yeah, verify. Yourself. Always verify. Just kidding. You're great at all. You're no. a master at all of these things. No. Hey, 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 hey. I, I always say stuff that you're not supposed to say. And well, then I, I even at times say stuff that you don't want me to say. And then I've heard th- that you have accused pregnant women of smelling different. Yeah, fact, I did. So. I did. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. I was going to say you look different, but I thought that would be rude. Right. It comes back to so, me. And I thought I, you, you sound different. That just sounds silly. But smell, well, yeah. that was just funny. Totally. No, you really are. You, sincerely, you're a master at all of these things. Oh, so perfect. it was fun to chat you're about. Nice. Hey, and great job. And again, uh, have fun in Hawaii. Thank you. I'm so sorry yeah. I'm missing no. your event. Oh, whatever, whatever. I mean, it's, I think I'm pretty sure I did tell you about the event long before you decided to go to Hawaii. <laughs> if I brought you back a lay or like a yeah. hula skirt or uh-huh. some coconut shells, yeah. would that help? That would help a lot. Some, yeah. um, some uh, what are they called? Macadamia nut chocolate caramels. That'd be good. Okay, we'll see what we can do. I mean, just, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you have to. You're the best. But if you want Thanks to, you know, if you want to me. stay on the good list. I'll take a pineapple. And Sean wants a pineapple. Yeah. Okay, right. Uh-huh. And uh, I think uh, Brennan wants a wants some coconut shells, like a. Gosh, the uh-huh. staff is demanding. Yeah, is that? Do you get the hula girls that go on your dashboard from Hawaii? Yeah. Can you get a hula girl, oh, okay. a uh, dancing that's what hula I'm girl? Home for all three of you, <laughs> hula girls. You're so good, Brooklyn Walker. Uh, go, they can just go to the website ksl.com, right? Studio5.ksl.com. That's it. Thanks, Brooke. Hey, good to chat with you. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. See ya. Bye. Good stuff. I'm telling you. I mean, that's what's so cool about this is we all have 
we have the opportunity to de-stress a little bit and help other people through the journey of life. We know that we need to do that for this upcoming, you know, storm, but we also can just do it in the day-to-day stressful life. Good stuff. We're going to take a break, my friends. Come back, wrap this show up on stress. Sean's going to give me a stress quiz. So get your pen and paper ready. We'll actually give you the website. You can go take the, t- the quiz on your own. Um, I have a feeling he already gave me like the first three questions, and I'm failing. So I'm a stress case. We'll be back figuring it out right here on the Matt Townsend Show. I'm on top of the world. Welcome back, friends. Trying to keep you on top of the world. Little Imagine Dragons to take you home. Today we've been talking about anxiety. We've been talking about stress, uh, stresses, and, and they're just a normal part of life. Just because you're stressed doesn't mean, you know, life is over. It's just telling you something, as our earlier guest uh, taught us today. It might just be telling you, you got a great opportunity here. The feelings that we feel with stress and anxiety are there to tell us, hey, take advantage of this one. Hey, don't miss this one. Here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. So we've got to take them. But before we leave, uh, you know, again, our prayers, our, our wishes go out to all of you on the East Coast, all of the pretty much, I guess, Maryland North. Um, there's some major, major, major weather hitting. And uh, take care of yourself and watch out. Be careful. Um, and we're going to leave you. We're just going to take a little quiz. Sean wanted to put to, to go find a stress quiz mm-hmm. to see. I, I if, took this earlier, actually, yeah. so I can give you my results as well. What are your results? Do you want to tell us up front? Well, it's a number. Okay. So we'll find your okay. – and there's a range, and I, I don't remember what the I will range just, is. I so. will – oh, okay, okay. But you're going to do it for me on the website. What's yeah. the website address? If, it's right there on – If people want to go, lessons4living.com. Lessonsforliving.com, and then you go to forward slash – Stress underscore test. Dot htm. Dot htm. Yep. Lessonsforliving.com forward slash stress and underscore they, they test. And do, they do, sorry, but they stress on this page that the test is not meant to replace any sort of a clinical assessment. Yeah, go to a doctor. Right, exactly. Let's see if I am stressed. All right. Number one, do you frequently neglect your diet? Yes. Two, do you frequently try to do everything yourself? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> I'm two for two. Do you frequently blow up easily? Um, no, not easily. Okay. But I do frequently blow up. <laughs> but it's not easy. Yeah. Do no. you frequently seek unrealistic goals? Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Like See, everyone, I just I don't I just don't go for goals. So <laughs> everyone around me is like, oh, you're going to do that? Like, oh yeah. How hard could that be? It's just a website and a whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Do you frequently fail to see the humor in situations others find funny? No. Yeah. I, I, laugh. I will laugh with everybody. I will too. Even, even if it's at my own expense. Yeah. 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 Do you frequently get easily irritated? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, do you frequently make a big deal of everything? I'm kind of a big deal. Well, if you're going to say that, yes, I do. Okay. I kind of do make a big deal. Do you frequently complain that you are disorganized? Yes. And do you frequently keep everything inside? Yes. Inside the house? Well, with the storm coming, I've got to keep everything inside. Yeah, but I do keep it all in in my head, all in my heart. Do you frequently neglect exercise? Yes. I thought we already said that one. It's kind of embarrassing to say twice. Okay. 
Do you frequently have few supportive friend? Uh, do you frequently have few supportive relationships? No. Do you frequently get too little rest? Yes. And do you frequently get angry when you are kept waiting? No. Do you frequently ignore stress symptoms? Like my leg going numb? Maybe. Like pain radiating down my left arm? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you frequently put things off until later? Yes. And do you frequently think there is only one right way to do something? Uh, no. Do you frequently fail to build rela- relaxation into every day? Yes. Uh, three more. Okay. Do you frequently spend a lot of time complaining about the past? No. Do you frequently race through the day? Yes. And last one, do you frequently feel unable to cope with all you have to do? Yes. I already frequently know what my frequently answer is going to frequently be. <laughs> so your score is a 13. Oh, is that all? Yeah. That my good? score was a 9. Ha! Beat you! Right. I beat you! Scores of 1 through 6, yeah. few hassles. Okay. Laid back, love and life. Scores of 7 through 12, Yeah. pretty good control. Oh, boy. Scores I'm... of 13 to 17, mm-hmm. danger zone, oh, watch boy. out. What does that mean? Heart attack? I don't know. That's, that's all it says. And scores of 18 or plus, stressed out, you may need help. Man. See, I'm not stressed out. No. I'm just danger zone. Yeah. But you're the lower danger zone. Yeah. I'm almost not even you're danger. Not the, you're not Kenny Loggins' danger zone yet. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not Kenny Thank Loggins' goodness. danger zone. But interesting, because anybody out there in listener land, just the question started creating stress. Like, yeah, I'm a Oh, I know. Wreck. I know. Going through the questions when I did it earlier today, it was like, I had to start thinking about things, yeah. and I thought, wow. See, that's why everybody – we don't want to think about our stress. I we know. just avoid it. But I started getting stressed about taking the test. <laughs> if you get really stressed taking the test, then you are well beyond danger zone. Probably, yeah. Um, but again, as we kind of think through this, there's just natural stresses that oh, – this might just be telling me I need to exercise more. By the way, guess what I figured out? I have been – I've tried everything for my foot. Plantar fascia. Right. I've tried everything. Everybody's given me their cure. Everybody's got something. So I went and read about plantar fasciitis. Oh, oh, really? (laughs) Scary. Um, And in the end, it just says maybe. Cut your foot off? No, just maybe it's because I've gained some weight. Really? Yeah. And I haven't even gained that much. But if if I bet if I lost 15 pounds, Would would it help alleviate? Yeah, probably. Really? Along with everything else I could try. But unfortunately, you have to exercise to That's do that, That's what I always say. You? Well, I can't lose weight. Cause, so what I've decided to do, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and just run on it. Okay. What's the worst thing that could happen? But by, what about bicycling? A stationary bike? Yeah, Does, I could that do that. Doesn't... I could do that. Okay. I could go swimming. Okay. Yeah. But I, my deal is, I, that's my new, my new resolution is get you know healthy. It's my February resolution. I'm going to start it in February. Okay. Hey, folks, that's the show. Again, all of you on the East Coast, again, we are here for you. And just know the rest of the country is going to be watching because there's nothing else we can do. But we are praying for you. Thanks for listening, my friends. A quote on the way out. The battle you are going through is not fueled by the words or actions of others. It is fueled by the mind that gives it importance. Let's make sure we get more control of our mind. That's from Shannon L. Alder. Thanks for joining us again. We'll be back tomorrow. More ideas, more tools to give you, uh, to help you see the good in life. And um, hopefully, maybe help you shovel out tomorrow as well. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Until tomorrow, take care.